While we believe the information in this broadcast is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decisions. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration is not an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not mean that the advisor has attained a specific level of skill or ability. Fiduciary duty extends solely to investment advisory advice and does not extend to other activities such as insurance or broker-dealer services. Advisory clients are charged a quarterly fee for assets under management while insurance products pay a commission which may result in a conflict of interest regarding compensation. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, low country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 94.3 Debbie SC. Every Saturday morning, thank you for taking time to come and listen to us, my uh, co-host and I, I'm Eric Cox. And I'm Leslie Haywood. Thank you so much. And we're rolling through October. It's Mid-October. halfway it's over. Crazy. Halloween. It's almost basketball season. Oh, my Which gets God. me really excited. <laughs> really excited. No offense to football. How long do I have to put up with the basketball? As long as the cats keep winning. Like, so, yeah. Like, what is and the if season? if they don't, then I get really quiet. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> but we're excited to be back for another show. Yes. Last week was an awesome show with Steve Parker, uh, CEO and co-founder of Level Wing. Steve was kind enough to actually come back this Saturday, so we appreciate that, Steve. I know Leslie tried to run you off there at the end with some tough questions. I know. Sorry. But this week is where she really gets deep, so be ready for this. Yes, the Barbara Walters of uh, radio. That's that's what we do here. But um, I just find it so interesting, the different backgrounds of all of our guests. And, Steve, for a minute, I'm going to talk to Eric like you weren't here, but the humble beginnings that some of our guests go through and, you know, talking about Steve and growing up in the projects, and literally in the projects and you know it, the backgrounds that people come from you can't really determine what path they're going to take and it's just amazing to just see the diversity in and in, in where people come from what were some of the things that you uh, picked up from last week i'll certainly second that notion leslie i think it's the the backdrops of these stories of amazing entrepreneurs that we interview each week and hearing where they come from and, and the diversity and uh, whether they were good students or bad students, and I mean we've heard it all. Mm-hmm. And um, but I I really love the the story of you know Steve you you leaving a really good job you and your partner Jeff both leaving really good paying jobs to go start a business. And uh, you know we've all who are in entrepreneurship had to start at some point in time. And um, you know certainly when you're on top of a of a job that's good paying with benefits and all those things, it's really hard to make that decision. And so. That is uh, certainly a testament, I think, to the conviction you had in your heart about we're going to go do this thing. So I love that story. I know. It was such a cliffhanger last week. Yeah, so then we, then we quit. <laughs> then we quit. So if, if you if you missed it, well, you got to go check it out at www.coastalwm.com and listen to the podcast. But uh, as we wrap things up last time, you and your partner were quitting six-figure jobs in New York City, living the life, and the entrepreneurial spirit hit you. Um and that's just that that's just amazing that it was that time for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, we we quit and it's a little shocking. Um in the first year was really tough. You know, we um we made six thousand dollars 
each our first year. And this was, was this level wing? Level wing. This was yeah, level wing. 100%. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, b- before we get into that, just real quick, for those uh, that don't know, what is level wing? Level wing is a digital ad agency. Um, so we do an- heavy analytics work, um, media buying, planning for, for digital, as well as programmatic TV. And then we also have a content development social media team and creative team. And by the way, I mean, your work is all over the place. You guys have been on every Super Bowl since 2008. You've been on the Olympics. So we're going to talk a lot about these great companies. Right. But again, going back to that moment that I love is the the jumping off the cliff right into the shallow waters. And you're talking about how hard that first year was. Were there moments that Jeff and you kind of looked at each other and said, man, what did we do? And uh, Yeah, it, it, we did. I mean, 100% we yeah. did. So, <clears throat> you know, it's 2002. Um, if you if you remember back to 2002, it was the bust, the mm-hmm. dot com bust is happening or just happened. Um, My clients remember for sure. Yeah, I mean, people are like, "You're crazy to start a business now," but it just you know the time just felt if I didn't if I don't do it now, like when, like when's it going to be easy? And the reality is, it's never going to be easy. At the time, I was fortunate, I think, to be single and not have two kids and a wife, and so. Less responsibility, um, and I think that was helpful, certainly. But there's never a good time, so you just gotta you gotta jump, right? And that was in O two. So yeah, what did what did that look like? Who were your clients? What were you? What uh, we were did, your goals back then? <laughs> we didn't have any clients yeah. when we started this. So you know, we we started the business legally. The company was incorporated in August of 2002. We started out of my apartment, if you will, um, in, in May of that year. But we didn't incorporate and spend the 300 bucks or whatever in lawyer's fees to do that because we didn't have anything way to, and we could have paid for it out of like any savings we had. But I literally had to live off that for two years because we didn't make money for two years, essentially. Um, but we didn't um, set that up until we had our first client. And when we got our first check, um, we couldn't deposit it yet because we hadn't set up the bank accounts. So, I mean, it was, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. So I'm going to jump forward for a minute, and we'll come back to the story. But as a guy who is heavily involved in venture capital and an investor and businesses, you look back at your bootstrapping this thing yeah. to the core. Um, we still give do. Us, give us some uh, some context to that. Because you're seeing both sides of that, obviously. Yeah, we are, and I mean, and now you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I consider myself extremely fortunate from where I came from, and and you know, all the experiences and people along the way have helped me become, you know, what I become. I don't, I don't take that for granted. Um, the, you know, as we said today, 2017, yeah, there's Leveling, which has become a very successful uh, digital ad agency. And we have great clients like Lenovo and Bridgestone, Firestone, Mercedes-Benz, like Gildan USA. I mean, we, we have great clients. We've, like you said, we've done 10 consecutive Super Bowl campaigns, two Olympic camp or one Olympics campaign. One we're currently for Pyeongchang in, in, in Korea. Um, so, so great things that we've been working on. But we have built Level Wing from bootstrapping and it's self-funding now. Um, and it's, you know, it's a financially successful business. We have a great team. We spend a lot of time on our team and have, have built a good team. Um, and I think lead well, uh, although we didn't always. So what um, would, sorry, I'm on a roll here. Yeah, what go, would your advice you go, be go. Um, yep. in regards to those listening this morning businesses that say, man, should I bootstrap it? Should I go get funding, capital? Kind of how to make that decision. Well, well being on both sides now, having a venture capital firm as well right. with three other partners, um, I always tell people, if you don't have to raise money, don't. And some people will jump and go. Um a lot of people won't. 
they feel like they have to have the money to to go start something. But you you generally don't. Now, listen. But you had to make a conscious decision by the way along the way is we're going to grow it one brick at a time versus. you got to make a choice one way or another. And and so the thing is, if you raise capital, just understand that you always have a boss. And that Mm -hmm. boss, I mean, yeah, it's your venture capital partners, but it's that money. That money's running you. I mean, it's that's controlling your, your brain and actions because it's being forced upon you in some manner. Um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. Venture capital works out extremely well for a lot of people. Um, but you, you have to understand that you still do have people to answer to because as a, as, as a, as someone who, who's heavily involved in venture capital, we have LPs that we have to answer to that have given us that money to invest on their behalf. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we have to take answers back to them and tell them what we're doing and why. And so we expect that of the, the, the companies we invest in as well. But I always recommend, like, look, if you want to start something, get started. There's never going to be a right time. Now, in those early years, you know, you were you said you weren't making any money, uh, very little money. Like, what what was the turning point? When did you start getting the start getting the clients you wanted yeah. and start really, you know, you felt there was a tipping point and that, oh wow, we can really do this. Yeah. Um, the third year. The third year. So, mm-hmm. so the first year, you know, leveling has always been profitable. That being said, the first year I made six thousand dollars. Okay. My rent in New York City was about sixteen hundred a month. So you do the math. Financially, I wasn't making a profit. The second year we uh you know, we did four times better, making twenty four thousand bucks. You know, but it's in Manhattan, it's expensive, it's that's not working either. But we're still grinding through it and we see things happening and it's exciting even though you're not making money and you and you have to believe in that the third year it really took a turn much to the positive you know where we really started to take off and it was real money it was real work we started getting in deep with clients that had had given us chances in the first two years and we had proven ourselves so they were giving us bigger chances um and we were delivering so it was the third year that it really started to take off so to you know 2005 so along our journeys, we always have people that are influential and uh, have helped guide us and, and give us wisdom. You said Rick Scott certainly was uh, a, a mentor for you through. Mm-hmm. Anybody else along the way that you think uh, is somebody that, that you can look at that really was instrumental for you and Jeff yeah. in building Level Wing? I mean, look, I, my dad, um, far and away, he, he, was, he always encouraged it. Um, he, you know, he was a guy who was always a fighter, never a quitter. Um, he, had a, he had a big impact on Jeff, too. Um, he knew Jeff well, you know, like he, he knew Jeff from when we were buddies in college. Um, if you were to talk to Jeff, he would say my dad had a big influence on in his life because his father wasn't around for him. Um, and he always encouraged us to to start a business and, and do those things. It just took us longer than he encouraged us to. Um, and so I would say he's for me personally, I mean, he that's my largest influence. Um, you, you know, other people I've worked with. Um, along the way, you know, Rick Scott, of course, uh, Tim Armstrong, who's the chairman CEO of AOL, or now it's called Oath, uh, was a big influence on me. I met him very early on, um, and I guess it was around 95, 96. Um, we worked together at two different companies. He went to Google in, uh, in 2000, tried to convince me to go there. And, you know, we, we already talked about that financial mistake of not going there. Um, <laughs> There are many, many zeros involved. Um, but, you know, I mean, I would say those are some of the people. I mean, Jeff, you know, my business partner has been a, a huge influence on that. I mean, we're, we're very yin and yang. Um, you know, if, if we got a minute, like the, the funny story about Jeff and I is 
you know, we met in college. We you know, were probably 19 years old or so. Uh, we pledged the same fraternity. Um, he's from Evansville, Indiana. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Those two cities aren't really that far apart. You're in the same similar area of the country. Um, you know, our backgrounds are very both very humble, you know, beginnings and backgrounds. Um, we both were attracted to girls with dark hair. You know, we <laughs> both like the same kind of beer. You know, probably drank whiskey together too many times. You know, we just had a, a good rapport. When we left college, he went to Chicago and back to Nashville. But we both ended up working for co- big companies, but in, in, in this digital world that was, that was really becoming of itself. And we both ended up in New York. You know, at different jobs. And and so um, we thought when we started leveling, this would be great because we're both alike. Okay. And we're, we were nothing alike in terms of how we got things accomplished. Um, that being said, if you, you, my advice for people that have partners or want partners in business, find someone who compliments you. Because if you, if you choose someone who's exactly like you, there are things you're going to miss. Um, I'll, I'll say this, and it does seem like a joke, but it's it's dead dead on true. Um, you know, Jeff Jeff, I like to call a professor. He's very prof- professorial. So he'll if 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 you need to understand something, he'll sit down with you. I mean, he would like nothing better to sit with you for four hours, explain steps A through Z in grand detail, take great notes, like be extremely thorough. Um, I don't have patience for that. So I'll be like, you know, here's A and B, and here's where Z needs to end up. You figure out the rest on your own by. And so you need compliments in that way, or you'll miss opportunities. I remember early on, Jeff didn't want to send uh, in the first two years because we weren't making much money, right? He didn't want to send uh, like holiday gifts to any of our clients because he's like, oh, we don't have the money. Like, it's a waste of money. I was like, well, it's it's actually kind of relationship building. So we probably should do this. And, you know, so I would say if, if it wasn't for Jeff, we would be involved in a lot of things that would take us down crazy paths because I'm willing to risk that. Um, Jeff, uh, on the other hand, is is more cautious. And so, you know, if, if I wasn't pushing him, we probably wouldn't be doing half the things we're doing today. But it's a really great compliment. And then we've actually added a third partner in the last few years, a guy named KB Reidenbach, who actually grew up here in Charleston and on Isle of Palms and has been a fantastic partner in the business as well. Wonderful. Now, I, I, how are you doing now? Give, give us give yeah, some fantastic. shout outs. You know, like, we, okay, so from, what are from, some exciting things going on? Um, exciting things is that the business communicates really well. Um, we made a big mistake in right around 2011. Um, you know, I was going to ask the mistake question. I'm glad that you got in there. You we, skip yeah. it or you me tell you now? No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, let's it hear comes. it. Let's it hear comes. it. Before you well, go there, by the way, <laughs> I do want to let our listeners know oh, who, who, who they're listening to, to because this is going to be a great part of the story for sure. So uh, you are listening to the voice of Mr. Steve Parker, who is the co-founder uh, and CEO of Level Wing here in Charleston. And uh, you're getting ready to talk about 2011. And a mistake that happened along the way. Yeah, so 2002 to 2011, the company grew. You know, we were having a lot of fun with growth. And and the team was reasonably manageable, I would say. You know, hitting 2010, 11, 12, growth really took off at at a much larger scale. And we got um, distracted would be the best term I can use for it. And what I mean by that is we, we didn't spend as much time focused on internal communication, internal encouragement, internal relationship building with our teams and staff. And we spent a lot of time outwardly facing getting as much press as we could and trying to apply for awards and do all these things that make you look really great. 
but things internally were sort of coming apart. Now, it, it wasn't noticeable immediately. It's it's like the whole analogy of, of the frog putting it in like normal water and slowly turning it to a boil, and it'll sit there and it'll boil to death. That was happening to us. And so you wake up one day in 2013, and you're like, this sucks. I literally did not like coming in every day. Right. Hated it. So you weren't you, you weren't cultivating your internal, the, the relationships inside because you were busy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what a what a great lesson. And so, um, so we literally blew everything up. We blew up uh, the way we hire. We blew up the way we train. We blew up the way we onboard. We blew up process and procedure for billing, for accounting, for um, how we do th- how we do reviews with our team. Um, you know, thankfully, we have a good core of people that have been at leveling for a long time that were willing to go through those pains and bumps with us. And we have some really, really strong, smart, committed people that work there that I'm very thankful for because if they weren't committed, we wouldn't have gotten through that. Um, it wasn't something you could do alone. And it took two years to have that fully turn. It oh. wasn't an overnight thing. Um, you know, we we learned some hard lessons in that period. It's sort of like, the, you know, the whole Mike Tyson thing is like you punch in the mouth and you go down, are you going to get up or not? And and thankfully we learned we could. It's it's just really hard to get up. I mean, you're struggling for a while. And it took, it took us two years of turnaround. But today we have um, – I, I really only like to talk to our team about three things, and I'll talk to them about where's their commitment. And their commitment may not be on what they're doing every day, and that's okay. And then I want to find them another opportunity. Um, even if it's outside the company, that's acceptable. No one's right or wrong. It's just either works for you or it doesn't work. And if it's not working, then let's let's find something that does for you. And we talk about uh, communication, um, how we communicate. So, like, for example, every Friday morning we have a stand-up, 15 minutes. Someone presents all the great things that have happened that week um, and all the things coming up the next week. It's literally stand up, everyone in person. If it's the New York office or people that might be remote while they're you know traveling, they'll di- they, you know they'll, they'll dial in via video and and uh, and partake in that. Um, you know, with with clients, every client gets a, a Friday communication on how their campaigns and their programs are going, whether they want it or not. And I've actually had two clients over the last two years say, "Hey, I don't need this every Friday. Don't send it to me anymore." And I kindly remind them, "It's not that for them. It's for us. It's for accountability." to make sure we're doing what we say we're going to do. Wow. Um, and then we talk about consistency. I talked about consistency a lot because if we can't do these things good and do them well every single day, then we're going to fail again and find ourselves in a place where it's painful. And I'm unwilling to do that because it was too, it was too hard. So, you know, we've, we've come out of that shadow, if you will, to such a, a, a great place because in our industry, which is advertising, media, and, and like ad tech, you know, there is a, an air of fear and being concerned and distracted about what everyone else is doing and not focusing enough on yourself. Um, and I think that that's critical. During that time frame, I also put myself through two years of leadership training um, every single week without missing a week for two years. Um, even if I was on vacation, I had to call in for it. It was a real commitment. Um, but it, it made a big difference in leadership style and, and how you listen and, and talk to people and, and, and are present for them. What a great story. I know. And I really appreciate you being so brutally honest about that dark time in the company. I oh, mean, listen, there are a lot of people that, that will gloss over some of those In, in 2013, I'd gotten to the point where, honestly, I was not a good leader at all. 
the company still had great clients and we're still doing good work, but it was clunky and I was as much at fault for it as anyone. And it was, it was painful to go through. I remember in the, um, in the leadership training I went through, one of the very first meetings I had with this guy, Scott, who's a company called Antecor, um, that I'd hired, he, it was, it was very, um, it was very in your face. You know, it was, you know, I was complaining about something in the business and he said, Steve, you realize that's all your fault. And I'm like, Scott, it's not my fault. We have a, we have a policy for this. Everyone knows they have to do this thing every single Friday and this person didn't do it. And I got a call from a client. They were upset. And he's like, yeah, it's your fault. And I'm like, I don't understand. It took me two weeks of conversations to get through the fact that it and realize it was my fault. And what finally triggered for me is he said, Steve, look, we never have to agree. We, we can talk about this for the next two years if you want. He said, but the reality is when you sit down and you realize and question what kind of leader you've been, that that would even be acceptable for someone to think it was okay, then we'll be on the same page. Wow. It was confronting. I was pissed off. <laughs> I mean, and I'm paying for this. Yes, I was paying I for this. But it, but it really, it needed to happen. Um, and we could talk about that for days. I mean, it was a great experience, and it's really taken me through to the other side of, of being what I think is a is certainly a good leader and, and one that's still growing. So, one of the things we talk about a lot on this show with our great leaders and entrepreneurs is is you know the story you just mentioned and all you're going through. There's a whole other side of the coin too, and that's your personal life, yeah, and balance. And so, um, unfortunately, we are running close to time, but I want to hear the yeah. story. How do you how do you balance the family and all that while? It's intense when you're going through something like that. Yeah, so I, so I really struggle with this for a long time because you you know you'll you'll hear people say if things happen in the company, don't take it personal, and um, you know you'll have experiences you know where it's like you know don't take your your work home with you, and you know these are typical things that are that are said in in work uh, in in life. Um, I always struggle with that because because I'm not the type that can be a different person at home than I am at work. I am reasonably intense. If you talk to my wife, she has to call me a decent amount. Um, she, um, you know, was a big part of going through all that process, you know, and really 13 and 14 as well and re- remodeling the company because emotionally I needed her support too to get through that. Um, you know, so now today, like I'm, I'm really just the same person at work as I am at home. Like it, for me, it doesn't work to separate those two things. And, and balance wise, what I've found is is if you are really committed to communicating well, then balance finds itself. Um, you know, we, for example, um, you know, every person in the company goes to a review every 30 days now. We don't do twice year reviews anymore. It's not consistent enough communication. Every 30 days, you know what's going on with people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um we also do those stand-up Friday meetings like I was talking about. I had one guy that worked for us for a while, and, and he hated those things. Um, he's like, I just don't get it. He's like, you know, Steve, he's like, think about the fact, like, we do these 15-minute stand-ups every Friday. You know, you have, you know, 50 or 60 people, you know, in these meetings at a time. He's like, think of all the time, manpower that's being wasted and money you're wasting. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can accept that there's time being spent and, and money being spent. Um, but it's my money. And it's my time, technically. And and the thing that's most important about that is that we've talked about we're communicating differently. And this is part of the way we're communicating differently. And I said, so just do me a favor. I said, I'll change all that. I'm willing to change the whole process and blow it up again if you'll do one thing for me. He's like, great, what is it? I said, I want you to go home 
And for the next 30 days, don't talk to your wife. Only text her and only email her. No phone calls, no in-person conversations, only text and email. And if that works for you, come back and tell me, and I'll, I'll change the policy to where we only go back to emailing all the time and, and texting and all that nonsense. Wow. Um, he wouldn't do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because you, you know this is going to blow up in your face. Like, right. it's not going to work. Try it for a day right. and see if right. that works. You right. know, like, right. so, so, you know, like, I, I think from a balanced perspective, I mean, um, you know, Eric, like you met my son and, and wife and daughter. I mean, they're really great. You know, we have we have good conversations. I'm by no means like a perfect, you know, father or business leader. Y'all make mistakes. I think you have to own them. So, for example, in our house, um, we have certain rules in the house. And if I break one of those rules, which I do periodically because my I lapse, like we all we all fail at right? some point, my kids will tell me. So if my daughter ever comes up to me, because she's usually the first to do it, if, if there's a situation where maybe I've blown up and I've yelled, like it's one of the things we talk about is not yelling too much and like use normal voice. Every once in a while, I'll blow up a little bit and she'll come up to me about half an hour later and she'll, she'll say, Daddy, um, can we talk for a minute? And I know I'm about to have my ass handed to me by a nine-year-old. <laughs> right. Oh, um, nine. And she's very kind about it. She's like, Daddy, you know, you, t- you tell us that, you know, that, that we should speak kindly and we should speak in these ways. And, and she'll articulate back to me the way that I did it. And I'm like, you're right. And there's a consequence. We talk about consequences. Because there are always consequences. In work, if you don't do your job, you get fired. At home, like, there's a consequence. You can lose your iPad or something. Mm-hmm. And I get something taken away from me. <laughs> and I actually know this from experience. I think Cohen gave it to me one day in the huddle when we were at practice. And uh, I was like, wow, this son. kid's going to run something one day. His son. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coach. And he just went on. I was like, I've never, I don't think I've ever had a kid just do that. Well, well we actually, so, we've, actually we, we've encouraged the kids, too, that if they're in situations where, um, like, one of the things that we don't allow is, is using the phone in the car, right? And so... We always tell the kids, if you're in the car with another parent and they're texting or on their phone, you need to tell them that's not acceptable. And then you need to tell daddy when you get home because I'm going to call them and have a conversation. But you got to give them a voice, right? People right. need a voice. Sure. It's all about communication. I just think that's the differentiator. Well, that's certainly my takeaway is communication squared on this conversation. Yes, so, exactly. Um, unfortunately, we, uh, we don't have already? time to continue communication. Yeah, we're out of time. And uh, I think we could go on for another hour I, or two. Yeah, for sure. Well, Steve, thank you for sharing your uh, story with uh, us and our listeners and uh, your time. And hopefully, you know, down the road, we can have you back to hear more of the story at some point. I'd love it. Again, you've uh, been listening to Mr. Steve Parker, who's one of the co-founders and CEO over at Level Wing here in Charleston, doing amazing things. And certainly a testament to uh, what this show is all about, Beyond the Business. Beyond the Business. Talk to us on Facebook at Beyond the Business. Thank you so much for spending your morning with us. And until next Saturday, have a wonderful week, Low Country. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Join the Christian business movement. Visit sc-c3.org. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 830 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. You've invested countless hours and dollars building your business, and now your investment in your business 
has paid off. But did you know that according to Business News Daily that more than 60% of small business owners planning to leave their business in the next 10 years don't have an exit strategy? Hi, it's Rick Durkee of the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Let me ask you, have you planned your personal financial future wellness as well as that of your business? Have you established a succession plan for your business? Have you developed a plan for your perpetual legacy? Join me for a free discovery workshop to develop the best strategy for your business. BEST Business Exit Strategy Timetable. Call now and I'll send you an invitation by email to learn how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. Call 843-735-5065. That's 843-735-5065 for this free discovery workshop on how to develop your business exit strategy timetable. 843-735-5065.